hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. I want to look at this uh, quote from St. Teresa Avila. She says this, she says, Christ, can you guys read that? Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, and yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body but now yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. It's interesting, when I was a, a youth pastor and a huge, huge amen to Freedom Youth and Ignite Youth and our children's programs, man, I, that's my heart. I love working with youth. I decided to take a bunch of Dutch Reformed kids all the way to the streets of San Francisco. And uh, it was not the atypical go down to Mexico and build a house kind of missions trip. Um, I remember doing the mission proposal for the board. I said, um, so what I want to do is I want to take a handful of like 15, 16, four, like 14, 16 year olds down and work the streets of San Fran. And they kind of looked at me and said, um, what about the Mexico build a house thing? I said, no, that, that's, that's, uh, that's not me. I want to just take them to the, the, the heart of their CBD and work with um, veterans and mentally uh, challenged people, uh, addictions, street folk. I call them street friends. They somehow allowed me to do it. So I raised all the money, and we took uh, a bunch of kids on the train. We did the Amtrak train from Seattle down to Emeryville, California. Take youth on a train ride. That was fun. <laughs> then there's a bus from Emeryville, California, right to the heart of the Youth of Mission Base in San Francisco. There was a part of the weekend where it was called the Urban Plunge. The leaders came to me and said, how hard or how easy do you want it? I said, hard. We haven't come all the way down from Canada to go easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So let's make it hard. So they said, okay, so the next morning, so they're, sorry, the night before, they took all of our team and they gave us $1.50 in quarters. Each person got $1.50. Here's a roll of quarters. They taped it up in tape. They said, now when you go to bed, just, so, just know we're kicking you out of the building at 7 in the morning without breakfast. And you are not allowed back into the building until 7 o'clock tonight. And all you got is a buck fifty and quarters. You're not allowed to go into a mall. You're not allowed to go into a shop because you're going to be homeless for the day. You're going to plunge into this urban environment. They gave you a little sheet telling you like an SOS document of where you could go to get free meals and a shower and all that kind of stuff. But basically, we were homeless for the day. And it was like 35 degrees out, and it was hot in the city. And we, for that moment, got to experience what it was to be homeless, as, much, as best as an, a, a day could be. But I remember one time we were, we were sitting by this fountain, 
And, we, and, and one of my team's like, oh, I'm just going to go into the shop. He said, you can't because they're not allowed. They get kicked out. They get trespassed. And I'm like, well, what do we do? He's like, you do nothing. And we just sat there underneath this fountain. We got kicked out of there. We got kicked out of this place. And they were just going, this, this is terrible. I don't like this. We came back to Canada, and there was this earning and yearning for us to do something with our homeless friends, our street friends. So we, we created Urban Plunge with our youth. And we started going out every single month and with a little garden cart full of hot chocolate and blankets and socks. And we would just hand out things to our folks and pray for them. Literally, the hands and the feet of Jesus. Just like St. Teresa said, that Christ has no body now on earth but yours. I want to look at three things about this, path, this quote. The first one is, and if you're taking notes, Jesus' hands were skilled. Jesus' hands were skilled. Our text this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew 25, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away, and, and he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had, had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made, made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, and I will set over you much. Enter into the joy of your master. And then he who had two talents came forward and saying, Master, you deliver me two talents here. I've made two talents more. He said to him, Well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also had received one talent, came forward. Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid... And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. I love the ESV. You slothful servant. You knew what I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, no less. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who had five, that ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more. And he who have abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has been will be taken away. And cast that worthless servant into the outer darkness and that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus stresses so much about what kind of blessings and talents that you have that you freely can give away to others. Jesus was a carpenter, 
And I thought about that sitting at my table the other night. I have a wooden table with a bench and two, three chairs. And at one point, this was raw logs. I'm from British Columbia, Canada. We're known for our timber industry. I remember being at a timber festival where they, where they are celebrated with chainsaws and cutting and cutting down axes and stuff. And I remember having a picture of my family behind a logging truck. And I was, my head was at the middle of one massive log that was, I can't even reach this big. Raw logs. At one point, the raw logs were then taken down and, and cut and then, then planed and made into this table. A skilled craftsman Jesus was. He took what was raw and made something complex and beautiful. You. You. He took something that was a raw log and made something complex and beautiful. So you can't tell me that you came from some primordial goo and evolution and, and, and all things kind of work together at the end. No, 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 no. So God took something that was raw and, and, and powerful and put it together and knitted together, fearfully, wonderfully made, and made something complex. And it was you, Sonny. It was you, Daniel. It was you, Robert. It was you, Grace. Fearfully, beautifully made and complex. That's... He's the master craftsman, the master carpenter. And these skilled hands did something. So if Jesus did that for you, you know that Jesus has given you talents and you skills. For some of you, it literally is carpentry. You have that ability to walk into a place. I've seen carpenters do this. They walk into a place going, yeah, I figure we'll just uh, throw up a wall here, move this over here, we'll put up a stairway here. And I'm going, how do you do that? Architects can look at a, 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 a dirt-like field and go, I think what we could do is probably do a 100-unit building here. And da -da -da. Some of you are designers where you'll come in and go, this is horrible blue curtains, blue floor, let me just fix this. So what we're going to do, and then boom, 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 they come up with this vision. That's your skill. Don't you know? That's your skill. That's your talent. And your hands are skilled. The hands are feet of Jesus. You know, for us, it was just literally handing out hot chocolate and socks to people in the street. I know that's my skill. My skill, my talent is working with people. I can go to a person and make them feel a sense of belonging. I can, make, I can come up to a person and feel like they, they start smiling or, or cracking jokes. That's my skill. Those are, that's my master craftsman. Well, what's yours? If you come to me today and say, Pastor, I have no skill, I'm going to have to give you a small smack. <laughs> a little small smack. <laughs> because you know you got something. It could be gaming, it could be painting, it could be construction, it could be web design, it could be talking, counseling, it could be singing songs and playing guitar, it, it could be sound engineering. I saw the light reading that Daniel's got up there, professional sound engineering for a while. I was like, that's what, that's what he's reading for his alone time. Well, get on you, man. Like, that's his skills. But Jesus is the master carpenter, and so are you. Someone has actually has said to you, you're not skilled, you're not talented, you're talentless, or bet worse, they've said that you are worthless. 
you have no meaning. Someone told me the other day that, this, that their father was told that they were not wanted. That when he was born, his parents had said to them, said, you're not wanted. You were an unwanted child. Maybe that's something that's been spoken over you, that you were an unwanted child. But I want you. I want you. So if you've been holding that for years, going, I don't really fit anywhere, but we call belonging, so I want you. Forget the world. I'll claim you. I'll claim you. Our church will claim you. You'll, you'll be my son. You'll be my uncle. For some of you, you'll be my grandparent. <laughs> but we need you. Because Jesus' hands were skilled, and so are yours. Second thing, if you're taking notes, is Jesus' hands provided blessing. Let's look at the text. Luke chapter 14, 12 to 14. The parable of the great banquet. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you'll be repaid. But, but when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they can't afford to repay you. For you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Hospitality is an essential service. It's an active, practical way of being the hands and feet of Jesus, especially into any community. You talk to any missionary and you ask them some of the grassroots things that they did to start community, it always comes around hospitality. Everyone's got to eat. Everyone's gonna, everyone has to meet at some spring, river, well, lake to get water. You talk to those missionaries, you talk to those apostles, you talk to those, those evangelists, and you'll say, where did it all start? Well, it started at a Subway, it started at a, a Thai restaurant, it, st it started at wherever. It started usually for me, it's always at some coffee shop. I remember one time when I was in college, when I was more zealous than I was now, I remember having a conversation, theological conversations with John at Second Cup, this cafe right beside the college. I think the owners were silly in a way going there because everyone was in the college, the Bible school, right beside. So we're always talking about Jesus. This one guy sitting behind me, he kept on rustling his papers every time I started talking about Jesus. Like if the rustling of the, the papers would calm me down but I just kept on going, and he left. I felt bad about him, like, but Jesus kept on saying, you're just being you. And that, that causes a man friction because it's truth. He's coming and rubbing up against truth. Simple ways of offering is dinner, providing groceries, hanging out with others after church. I remember we had this Samoan family come into our church in Canada, and they lived about 35 minutes away. So they came to church, and after the service, they just, they, they wouldn't leave. And we remember, his name was New. I said, New, what's going on? He goes, oh, pastor, well, uh, we're, we're, where's lunch? And we're like, lunch? He goes, yeah, like in Samoa, we just, we just go straight to lunch with a pastor. And I'm like, okay. 
And then after we're with you, then we come back for the evening service. I said, where's the, do you guys have an evening service? We're like, no. He goes, okay, but where's lunch? <laughs> He's like, we're not driving all the way back 35 minutes. We're like, let's do lunch. And it caused us to go, yeah, why aren't we doing something after church? What is so pressing that we can't at least break bread with each other? So for, for as long as they were at our church, we had lunch plans set. Are your lunch plans set today? Luke's like, nope, it is now. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you a story about my friend Bill. Bill passed away from dementia um, in 2019. But Bill, Bill and I got to know each other. His dementia started, and uh, he also had uh, rectal cancer as well. And they were trying to work all the, all the treatments out. And when his dementia got a little, like, moderate, his, uh, his wife came up to me and said, could you come over to my house? And he said, what do you want to do? Anything. I said, what? Like, with Bill, what do you want me to do? Anything. So I had this game, and if you're a game player, I play this game called Carcassonne. And Carcassonne is a tile game of strategy. One tile after another. You're either building a road or a city or a, or a river. I thought, hmm, I'm not a medical professional, but I'm thinking, this might be good with Bill. So I said to his wife, I said, buy the game Carcassonne. So she said, okay. So she went and got it. I said, I'm going to go over to, and give you the afternoon. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to play Carcassonne with Bill. And she said, oh, no, no, like, that's not a good idea. He's, he's, far, he's too gone. He's far too gone. I said, well, let me figure that out on my own. You just go and do your thing. So here I am with Bill. I said, Bill, you got a tile. I said, uh, it's either a river or a city. Which one? He goes, it was simple. Two choices. River or city? City. You know that he beat me in Carcassonne that first game? <laughs> he, his face just lit up. He's like, I beat the pastor at his own game that he's teaching me. I said, I got angry. I said, Bill, you son of a gun. I'm going to get another cup of coffee and a rematch. So we rematched him. I beat him barely. His wife comes in and she's like, he's still up. I thought maybe you would have to put him and give him a nap. I said, no, 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 he's kicking my butt. And she came to me later on. He said, no one spends time with Bill. His kids won't spend time with him. And you gave me like an entire afternoon. I said, what'd you do? Oh, I did everything. I went to the bill. I did my bills at the bank. I got groceries. I, I just got a cup of coffee. I haven't had a cup of coffee and just without bill there. The simple things of just being the hands of blessing for that family. People started hearing about Bill beating me in Carcassonne. I didn't want that going public. Because I have a reputation with table games. At his funeral, at his memorial, people came to me. I said, thanks for being there. One time, they had put him into a care home, and he didn't like it. He wanted to be at home. I went up to Bill, and everyone was treating him like a baby. I said to Bill, what's wrong with you? I said, what's wrong with you? He's like, I don't want to be here. This, I'm not, it's not my, this is not where I'm going to die. I said, okay. Let me talk to someone. I said, what's wrong with you now? He goes, I got something in my teeth. And I said, what? He said, get over here. This is when the pastor moves relationally into something like never before. 
So he reaches in and starts, he's like, there. And I'm like, I'm not touching your teeth, Bill. I'm not the medical, I'm a dental guy. So I gave him a toothpick. I said, dig it out. And if teeth come out, then that's on you. But he got him back home. And he passed away at home. But it's the little things, isn't it? It's getting someone some groceries when they know they are so proud they're never going to say anything. You need to sometimes just show up and go, I know you're not going to ask, but here you go. It's the hands of blessing. And like the text, you know those people aren't going to, they're not going to ever be able to repay you. But it's not about that. Kingdom building is doing things in secret and not making a big deal about it and being the hands of Jesus. Lastly, if you're taking notes, again, this is the third one, is Jesus' hands, most importantly, they heal. They heal. The text, what, I'm giving you two, Luke 8, 48 to 56, he said, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear. Only believe she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except for Peter, James, and John and the father and the mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. And John 9, 1 to 15, he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, but that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud. Oh, this is going to get gross. Then he anointed the, he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. And said to him, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back, seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, it is not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? I don't know. 
They brought the Pharisees and the man who had been formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I wash and I can see. He's healed. The daughter is resurrected from death to life. And this guy got holy anointed spit mud put on his eyes and now he can see. How do you define healing this morning? Is it just an instantaneous, spontaneous, miraculous regeneration from illness to wellness? Is it spontaneous? Can it be progressional? Could it be a healing from your illness? There are some people that are here this morning that you're still sick. There's a part of your body or your mind that needs a touch of Jesus. That's physical. Could it be holding hands with that elderly person? Can that be healing? Yes. That's emotional healing. Could it be paying a guy's car payment for, a, for his family? Yes. That is, I have been the recipient of that. That was healing financially. I would have lost my car. Could it be consoling a teen in depression and anxiety? Yes. That's a mental and a relational healing. Could it be praying for a person for encouragement and reaching out to that person and laying hands on them and praying, which we'll do this morning? Yes. That's spiritual healing. But my question to you is, what if all those were spiritual? What are, if all those were just simply the hands of Jesus? Hands over that teenager, the hands of that elderly person, the hands of that young family struggling with finances, the hands that reached and just believed in God that he heals. We heard Christina's testimony this morning, that God even loves our furry friends. It connects with the family. The, the end of that story, Christina, what got me is it drew you closer than ever before to Jesus. So there's healing. So everyone, just do me a favor. Just look at your hands right now. Put your hands out. Look at your hands. Look at those calloused hands. The hands at work. One job, two jobs. Ask the question, what are the talents and skills that God has given you? You better not squander them and especially don't bury them. Number two, what have you done for him lately? These hands, have they blessed or have they cursed? Have they helped or have they hindered? Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org. 